Hello, and welcome to another Light Reading Podcast. My name is Phil Harvey. I am an editor here at Light Reading. I'm Kelsey Zeiser. I'm also an editor at Light Reading. I'm Adeline, based in Singapore from Omdia, an analyst for Network Transformation. And I'm Fernando Montenegro, an analyst for Omdia, based out of Canada with a focus on infrastructure security. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, good to have you both on. And today we'll be talking about um, SASE, one of the more fun acronyms around right now. Uh, so just to get started, how would uh, how does Omdia define SASE? Because I know we have Gartner's definition uh, that it's um, you know essentially the convergence of networking and security. But uh, how how does uh, Omdia approach SASE? Okay, I'll, I'll take that first. So actually, it's the same because we're talking about both the SD-WAN portion as well as the security portion coming in together as one. Um, and it, it really is a combination of everything. But I would actually say that the, the thing that's very important for enterprises to know and for service providers to know is that it is a framework, it's an architecture, and it is not a solution. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I would add one more caveat on this. When you're talking about security, it is bringing network and security together. Absolutely. But it's not bringing all of security together, right? There is even all of network security together. There is significant security functionality at the network layer that the SASE uh, framework doesn't, it's not really meant for that. So you have to be careful around that when, when, right, when we're discussing SASE. To help in our understanding of that, is um, is there a particular type of security that SASE benefits more than others? Like, is it better at threat detection or something like you know, or, or something like that? In in our opinion, SASE. So I'll, I'll just being a security thing. I'll, I'll say that SASE is a lot better aimed at at addressing the needs of remote connectivity. Right, so you're talking branch to somewhere else. You're talking about remote user to somewhere else, and that somewhere else might be the cloud. That somewhere else might be internal data center uh, with uh, with legacy applications. Uh, it's it's a lot less suitable for uh, let's say east west type of traffic inside a data center, right, or uh, anything to do with uh, low latency. Right. That's not where that, that's not where we see SASE being a, a good fit for. Okay, and from a service provider standpoint, um, are they are you seeing that they're you know all in on SASE? Is there um, a learning curve? I know a lot of vendors were um, seemed really excited <laughs> to adopt the terminology right away. Uh, and Adeline, you you had some research. Uh, recently uh, over the summer about SASE waiting for the tipping point. So maybe you yeah. can kick us off there uh, about sure. service provider adoption of SASE. Yeah. So I think everybody's really excited about SASE because enterprises keep asking about it. It's It's got so much buzz in the market and we're thinking that maybe adoption is really hitting that tipping point only to find out when we talk to service providers and to enterprises that the adoption is really not there yet. If you take a step back and you think about SD-WAN, because this is going to be a combination of SD-WAN and cloud security, SD-WAN is only is, is probably going to hit 87% penetration by 2023, according to one of our surveys. And what's gonna what we're also seeing is that it's not across all sites. So maybe uh, I would say probably about six. Um, 
31% of enterprises actually have SD-WAN on their sites in one quarter of their sites today. And that's going to double by 2023. But there's still a lot of potential to grow. And it's also that they have not adopted SD-WAN in all their sites. And therefore, when you actually talk about the tipping point and the demand for when they actually talk about the next step, what, what should I do about cloud security? It's, there is still a little bit of uh, time before that tipping point takes place. I, I, yeah. I'm surprised to know that that SD WAN hasn't um, doesn't have a higher market penetration. That's uh, that's something I guess. Given the uh, now again, we work kind of adjacent to the telecom industry, so it's it's uh, we hear about it more than most folks, I guess. But uh, is there a particular reason why certain enterprises haven't haven't <laughs> uh, gone forward well, with SD WAN? Well, uh, there is also the complication with COVID, right? Uh, so, and then the the shortage of, of products as well. Both of this actually created a lot of delays. So it used to be a, um, a kind of like a six month de- deployment. Uh, now uh, we're seeing okay. it taking place maybe over a year, a year and a half right. because of the shortage of products even. Yeah, so it, lo- it lost a little bit of the delays in the supply chain and other delays. It mm-hmm. has caused it to lose a little bit of its initial uh, appeal to the market, which was, uh, yeah, if you call your service provider, they can provide security, but it takes them forever. Um, and now it's sort of now it's sort of a coin flip, I guess. Uh, Fernando, you're about to weigh in. I, I cut you off initially, yeah, no. so go, go ahead. No, that's totally fine. I, I'm just going to go back to the point that, uh, like, the, the, the question that Kelsey asked about the service providers, right? We see on the security side interest from service providers on uh, on SASE because, honestly, it's another revenue stream, right? You don't want to be commoditized into, uh, hey, I only provide you transport and that's it. So security is a, is a huge uh, area. Uh, it, it's got the sweet spot of... There is tremendous interest from enterprises at the highest levels of the organization, right? This is board level conversation all the time, right? Security is also that that domain that requires deep, deep technical expertise in many cases. So it's unlikely that no matter how large an individual organization you are, except perhaps the like the very the largest of the large, right? You um, you don't have enough at bats dealing with security day in day out. Your team doesn't have that, so it makes sense to bring in specialists, which service providers can become. So it's a, it's a really nice fit for um, for a service provider to consider offering something like SASE. Like we've seen that on uh, not just on on SASE, but also on managed security services in general. Mm-hmm. And. We've spoken with a few service providers that have said there's still a bit of a learning curve um, when they approach enterprises about SASE. Um, and Adeline, I noticed you had some um, recommendations for service providers in your research. Can you talk a little bit about how service providers can um, better approach uh, enterprises when they're yeah. discussing SASE? Yeah, no, I think that's a great question. I think one of the challenges that, enter- uh, that service providers have is uh, that how do they actually go to an enterprise who already has an SD-WAN deployment and then start selling uh, security services on top of that? Um, and it has to be cloud security uh, in in that uh, context as well. So one of the things that has to happen is that they need to understand that enterprises will not take the whole SASE 
architecture at one go. It has to be modularized. And I think this is one of the key points that I want to make in this uh, in this podcast, because uh, having it modularized, you are actually able to then uh, determine whether or not a customer exactly at which point are they going to have that refresh cycle for their SD-WAN, for their uh, zero trust uh, network access, uh, for their CASB, you know, and, and then you can actually see exactly where the security team actually comes in and goes, you know what, the security team sometimes come in and go, I, I'm not going to work with this this uh, network team. I, I'm not sure what they're talking about. They don't know security. And that's going to be another, another issue as well. And sometimes what happens is that the telcos would then come in and go, maybe, guys, you should come to the table and sit down and have this discussion together so that there's alignment and we can see how we can bring this entire architecture together. So there's a lot of opportunities and a lot of recommendations for service providers to modularize, to start the conversation early. It could even be at the at the point where they are doing the SD WAN, uh, the SD WAN RFQ or the deployment to talk about this long term roadmap of how you can then migrate the different uh, to have different components of the uh, security service edge incorporated into this larger context of SASE. Yeah, and, and I agree completely. I will just add that customers have very different needs and uh, they do require sometimes, like from a, the, the advice that I, I, if I'm talking to a service provider is that, yes, by all means, consider uh, what SASE technology you're going to use. Make sure you have a broad enough spectrum of offerings, right? Maybe you have one or two different SASE uh, or two or three or four SASE technology providers uh, as part of your offering because your customer is going to have uh, very different needs. And to go back to the point I made earlier, SASE doesn't cover everything, right? So at which point do you want to bring in how does SASE integrate with the, the other firewalling that we already do, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so as a service provider, you want to be able to cover as many of those use cases as possible. Mm-hmm. And also yeah. partnerships, just to, to weigh in on that as well. You know, the number of partnerships is important because there's always that, that brownfield kind of environment and not greenfield. So how is that integration going to take place? If I'm a Cisco house as an enterprise, how do I then, you know, do I have to just take Cisco? What are my options available? What if I want to go best in class and from a service provider point of view, they have to think about onboarding. Do I want to take the best in class approach and integrate it together? Or do I want to take a more a faster approach in terms of getting a solution set from a vendor and reselling that particular vendor's solution set, uh, which will be a faster time to market, but it might be missing certain components or it might not necessarily be the best in class for the enterprise. And, and to, 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 to pile on that, the other thing that service providers have to be cognizant of is that we are ex- we as enterprises, like the enterprises are expecting value add from that service provider, not only in, hey, listen, you're helping me deploy this, uh, you're, you're giving me transport and you're helping me deploy this FASI technology. I expect you to bring in some value on the security side as well. Where is your threat research? You are, uh, if you are a large scale provider, you have visibility all across the internet. What threat information are you able to to uh, enhance the SASE solution with that makes it worth talking to you as a service provider versus somebody else who doesn't have that, but is going to be 
significantly cheaper. So being able to offer a value add on top of just the SASE platform itself, I think it's important for service providers as well. Yeah, and that's where the service providers can really um, use instances like that to invest in um, better handling of their own data, you know, their own network data and, and more AI, more analytics in the core of their network so they can tell what's what's happening out there, put, you know, start start applying some pattern matching and some uh, statistical analysis to it, sort of comparing it to, uh, you know, other sources so they can really be, you know, not only very clear about what's going on in their network, but also, like you said, take subsets of that data and basically bundle it and enhance existing products or sell completely new products, you know, give people, uh, you know, give enterprises a, a tiered system to subscribe to or something like that. Um, it, it seems like that's a big opportunity, especially as we get to these more, um, uh, I guess, latency sensitive applications, you know, at the edge. Um, there, there seems to be uh, a, a, a breakdown in how much data the, uh, uh, the service provider can extract from a location to know exactly what they need. Um, and I, I, I think that's, that, that seems like a huge opportunity there. And I'm not sure which, I'm not sure which service providers are leading in that area. I think we'll have to kind of wait and see, cause it's still getting built out, but I'm sure the, I'm sure the technology vendors are excited by it because it does seem like they could sell some more, uh, software and gear in that, uh, in that space. I'm sure the secure access edge is no different. There's probably some, uh, real excitement in that uh, in that domain because people see the uh, the unknown as a market opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, Alan, I also thought it was interesting. Um, I know I'm referencing your report a lot and we'll include that in the show notes. <laughs> Those are wondering what I'm looking at. Uh, but you also had uh, a graph on potential SASE or SSE implementations. And I thought that was really interesting. And maybe you can kind of walk us through um, what some of those different ones look like. I mean, we, we kind of touched on this a little bit, but there's the, you have the specialized SASE provider, an Ariaka or Cato, uh-huh. uh, vendor centric, and then service provider bundles. So what are the kind of yeah. the different options for enterprises there? So I think that there's one option where you actually have the service provider come together and bring in the best in class. Um, so they actually will do the integration of the best in class in terms of um, zero trust networking together with the, the best uh, the SD-WAN vendors that they are working with, um, the, the top ones that generally are that, that they are partnering with. And then there is also a lot of activities around the very vendor-centric kind of of uh, SD-WAN solutions, which is uh, or SASE solutions, I would say now, is because these vendors like Cisco, Fortinet, Paolo Alto, Versa, VMware, they are all trying to expand more deeply into that SASE space because they know that they can easily kind of like uh, extend their reach into their customers by building out on this new buzzword that everybody is interested in. And having that product in the market early would help them um, have more partners to bring that message to market. 
And then there's also the specialized SASE providers. These are the K2 networks, the Ariakas, that actually has been talking a little bit more of that SASE language before any of the others came about. Uh, and they actually do security together with SD-WAN and the connectivity as well, all as one to their uh, subscribers. Uh, and this has been going on for, I would say, about the past two years. They each have their own, uh, I would say, pros. Uh, like, for example, do you want to have the best in class or do you want something that's faster? Because SASE is still, I would say, work in progress for service providers and even for vendors. Uh, and there is going to be a lot more progression and a lot more advancement in this area in, in the next, I would say, two years. I'll, I'll, I'll just latch on to a word that you used. You used the word extend, right? Uh, the other big buzzword in security uh, alongside SASE is XDR, extended detection and response, right? Which I, this is not the place for for us to discuss XDR, but basically I'll, and, 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 and my colleague uh, Eric Parizzo and his team are the ones who cover it more in depth. But uh, fundamentally XDR is a, it's a rethinking of how you do security incident and event management and response. It's, it's, it's core to threat detection in the investigation and response. And XDR is this idea that we're going to bring different flows into a single system that's going to apply analytics and it's going to help, um, and it's going to help organizations respond quicker to threats. Right? Where this is interesting is because uh, the vendors you mentioned, uh, Cisco, VMware, Palo Alto, Fortinet, and, and the few other, they also have XDR uh, uh, offerings. So it, it's it's very much in their interest to take that uh, that uh, that single integrated approach. Hey, listen, dear customer, you can have we can we can bring you your SASE, we can take your SASE and and eventually integrate that into your XDR, and ever and, and things will flow even better. So uh, this this uh, integrated play is 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 very very popular. The downside, of course, is that it becomes a much bigger a much bigger scope, a much bigger project. And from a from a uh, the perspective of of how do you get across the uh, how do you get across? Uh, I don't know. I'll go back to the point you made. You want to do it modularized. So do you really want to swallow an entire project for SASE and XDR together? Yeah, maybe not. Maybe that's where a best of breed, smaller, modularized vendor might come in. Let's see, uh, Kelsey. I've got one more question, and then we probably need to wrap. Uh, but I'll let you go first if you have a final uh, a final question. Yeah, I didn't really have um, a question as much as I, I thought it was interesting, Alan, when you said earlier that uh, you know Cato and Ariaco were some of the ones that were doing SASE before there was the terminology, because you you hear that a lot from vendors saying, you know, oh, we were doing SD WAN before it was SD WAN, or SASE before it was SASE. So. Um, interesting to hear that that's uh you know yeah. that, that's your but take as well because sometimes kinda... I, I have to give a little bit of a side eye like were you really <laughs> yeah but i think because of the the number of innovations that's actually taking place in this particular area things are going to be added on as we as we speak uh, yeah so it, it's it's definitely still growing there is definitely still still advancements and innovations that's going to take place in this space uh, service providers will still need to keep looking out for new innovations and what else can we onboard to make sure that it's a more complete solution for their enterprise customers. So there's still a lot of uh, there, there's still a lot of uh, way to go in terms of this journey. There's still still quite a long road. 
in that spirit, there, this might be the wrong question, but I'm curious if you're an enterprise, where do you begin the conversation about um, secure access edge? Does that happen uh, with your network technology provider or does that happen with your connectivity service provider or, or, or I mean, because they both seem capable of pointing you in a direction. Um, it, it, does, is, there, is there a right answer there or does it just sort of depend on the, on the uh, use case? Fernando, do you want to go first? <laughs> yeah, I'll say I, I'm, I'm in, in my, I'll, I'll go back to, to a line I used in my former professional services day is it depends, right? The, first, <laughs> the ideal consultant answer, it depends, right? And, but um, we definitely have, um, we definitely ha have evidence of uh, the conversation starting uh, as a technology refresh on individual projects. So for example, uh, early in the pandemic, we all bought extra VPN licenses because, oh my goodness, that's what we need now. 70% of our people are now home. And um, uh, okay, let now let's rethink this, right? And that's where you go into a zero trust access type of conversation. Okay, can I really replace these VPNs, right? And how do I go about it? Oh, you're replacing VPNs, great. Let's, let's talk about a broader SASE conversation. The one point I'll make is that um, this digital, or like in, in the cybersecurity field, we, we talk about our, our research, we talk a lot about digital dependency, right? I mean, it, uh, we all depend on technology, period, it's done. Uh, I, um, a lot of the conversations that we have with, with people on, on SASE and, and uh, SSE, which is like the subset for just security, right? It, um, uh, with security people, they tend to focus a little bit too much on the security functionality, and they forget about the transport. Right, it's the the idea that you build this amazing restaurant that has the best food in the world, but it's on a dirt road that you can't really get to, right? And uh, so uh, we find that um, uh, we try to steer conversations around security on SASE. Great, let's talk about your VPN upgrades and 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 how you're going to do secure web gateway in the cloud and everything. But please go have a chat with your networking team to make sure that the the, the end user's digital experience is going to be there so that it doesn't, so that things don't break. So short answer to your question is really, it does depend. Uh, and we try to steer people to have um, a conversation, uh, to, to have that actual collaboration between security and networking to make sure that we're covering the use cases and the, the, the performance and, and the experience requirements. Mm -hmm. And just to add on, add on to that, so when you actually think about security, it's uh, when you think about the SSE, um, you have to. I, I just want to just throw in one more, one more um, kind of like example, right, uh, or, or scenario where then an enterprise might actually be talking to multiple different vendors, and the vendors are actually pitching their own type of solutions, and each vendor actually pitches a slightly different flavor of SASE. It's not exactly the same. And if you put all of them together, there might be missing pieces as well. Whereas if you go to a neutral third party, uh, and I will go from that angle instead, they might actually be able to give better recommendations or a little bit more of a, a neutral perspective uh, on, on this, uh, on SASE itself that might fit uh, your purpose better rather than their own individual motivations. 
Yeah, that's great advice because obviously anyone who's in, especially if they've developed a specific technology, they kind of look at the, they can't help it. They have to look at the world through the lens of that technology and where it fits in. So that's mm-hmm. that's great advice. Start with the neutral uh, third party and then uh, educate yourself and then work your way towards a solution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, great. I, uh, thank you so much for uh, joining us. And again, we'll put that uh, Alan's report um, in the show notes and uh, as, lo- as well as some other resources. So this has been really informative and, you know, definitely an ongoing conversation to see uh, where SASE and SSE is headed. So thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks.